And I am excited actually to share with you what God has for this house. And God has been working and, and putting something in my heart that I want to share with you this morning. And, and God has been stirring it in my heart for the last few weeks and putting this message together. And I know we're in a, in a turning point. I know we're in a transition point here at Mosaic. I mean, it's not a coincidence. The pastor just finished his sabbatical and um, he's coming and he's coming ready. And it's not a coincidence that, that um, we're looking for a bigger place for us to move, right? It's not a coincidence that next month we're doing our month fast. And so I know that God is doing something great. I know that God is wanting to do something great. And so, but the message for this morning is before God can do something great among us. That's the message that I want to share with you guys this morning. Before God can do something great among us, things need, things need to happen. And so I know that, that there's a lot of things going on out there. There's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of complicated things that I'm not even going to name because, I mean, you guys will probably take off all depressed and you guys will leave in the middle of the message. And so you guys hear it from social media. You guys see it on the news. And so just trust me, it's bad out there. And I mean, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming soon and things are not getting any easier. I mean, it's the beginning of birth pains as, as the Bible tells us. And so I want this message to give you a little bit of urgency. It's not going to be a feel-good message, but it's going to stir your heart. It's going to stir your spirit. Is that okay? Is that okay with you? Because I want this to, to, to just give you that urgency of the time that we're living. And just to let you know what God is doing amongst us. And so we need to get ready. We need to get ready and we need to stop just being passive Christians and, anymore. We need to... Just not just coming on Sundays and warming up the benches. We need to do something. We, are, are we ready for what God wants to do? And are we willing to, to um, put in the work that takes for what God wants to do? Are we willing to plow the soil? Are we willing to, uh, what's another, um, to till the, the, the soil, any farmers out there, and, and to prepare the ground and to... Water the ground and water the seeds and plant the seeds and reap the harvest. I mean, that takes work, right? Are we willing to do that? Because, I mean, with a great move of God comes uh, more work, right? It comes with more responsibility. It comes with more uh, demand. And so we want God to move, right? We want God to show us his glory. We want God to demonstrate his power. We, got, we want God to just do great things among us, but are we willing to put in the work? Are we willing to, to um, work the soil and reap the harvest? We need to pray for the, the laborers, right? We need to pray that God will send laborers into the harvest field and for God to bring a harvest of souls. There's too many people dying out there without Jesus. There's too many people not living their potential because they don't have that hope that we have in Christ Jesus too many people are suffering without hope. Too many people are dying without going into heaven. And so before the Lord can do something great among us, we need to prepare ourselves. The church needs to prepare itself. And so, so we are in a time for us to reset our church. 
we are in a time for us to hit the reset button. And so I just want you to dream with me for a second. Imagine we have a church that's on fire, that's full of the Holy Spirit, that's growing, that's hundreds and thousands. I mean, hundreds or thousands of people, hundreds, thousands of people, that would be great. But hundreds or thousands of people worshiping the Lord freely and then uh, just receiving healing and, and deliverance and, and salvation and growing. We are seeing God move. That would be a powerful moment, right? We need a bigger place. We need a sanctuary that can hold and that we can reach out to our community. And so that's what I want. That's what I see. And that's what I think we, we need to strive for and where the Lord is, is taking us. And so would you like to be part of that? Would you like to be part of that movement of God and, and God's uh, revival and God's outpouring of his Holy Spirit and his awakening? I want to be part of that. I don't want to be in a church that's that's lukewarm, and, and, and especially in the times that we're living. A lukewarm church will not make it. Right now, what, how things are going and how the enemy is attacking every value that we believe, how the enemy is attacking every uh, thing that we do at church, and a lukewarm church is not going to cut it. And it's, it's not from the pastoral side. It's from the congregation side also. So... We need to be on fire for the Lord. We need, to, we need to get plugged. We need to get activated. We need to have a move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? And so prophetically speaking, this is a turning point for our, for our church. Prophetically speaking, I know that God is doing something great among us. And I'm glad that you're here this morning. And I'm glad that, that you're um, open to seeing what God wants to do. And so... Um, the passage from this morning, we have a lot of verses today, and it's from the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 3, and how they had to cross the Jordan River. It's a powerful, powerful passage of um, God's move, uh, 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 supernatural intervention. And so let's, let's read together. It said, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from uh, Shittim and went on uh, to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. So they've been traveling for a long time, and then they reach their destination, which is blocked by a huge barrier. And so they camp there for three days. You can only imagine they're, they're, um, they're tired. You can only imagine they're uh, grum, uh, grumbling, is that how you say it? Grumbling and murmuring, and, and they're upset because they're like, you brought us here again, and we're stuck. There's no way to go forward. That river, I mean, it's, it's blocking us. And so, and so when, and so they, they set camp there for three days. And so, verse 3, it says, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, who are um, the Levites. The Levites are basically the, the worship leaders of that time. Carrying it, you are to move out from the position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been there this way before. But keep a distance of about 1,000 yards between you and the Ark of the Covenant, um, and do not go near it. So Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves 
for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took up the Ark and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel and so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan water, go and stand in the river. So Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord, your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hevites, the Perizzites, the Gergazites, uh, the Amorites, and the Jebusites, basically all the enemies. Uh, see that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one, of each, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream, will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage, all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carry the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is about 20 miles away, uh, in the vicinity of Zarathon. While the waters flowing down to the Sea of the Arabath, the sea salt, which is the Sea of Galilee, which I've been there, by the way, it's awesome, um, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. What a powerful image of God's power. And the, the thing that makes it more powerful is that the Jordan River was at flood stage, which is way, way, way bigger than at a regular time. And so we see, we have some pictures here where, where the, the river um, would be like in the middle of that blue line, but when it's harvest season, it floods because of the rains coming down from the mountains. So it pretty much floods the whole plain. So it wasn't just a little river that was a few feet deep and with a current. And so if you can go back, please. Um, so that, I mean, that whole plain was flooded and it could be up to a mile wide. And so going to cross that river would have been impossible. And, and I mean, I don't know how deep it, it was, but maybe more than 15 feet or 20 feet. I mean, the Sacramento River is what, pretty deep, right? And so at flood stage, I mean, it was an impossible task to do, but God is a God of the impossibles. And so they had something in front of them that was blocking them to go to their promised land. And so basically, I mean, our church right now is in a position that 
we have things right now in place that maybe are blocking us to go to the promise that God has for us. I mean, what could be one of the Jordans that it's in front of Mosaic Life right now? Can we name any of them? Finances, COVID, uh, uh, the buying and the selling of the building. I mean, there's a lot of things that need to happen miraculously for it to work and for God to take us to our next level, right? For our next destiny, for our next uh, um, thing that he has in, in store for us. A lot of things that need to happen. The congregation needs to be in one accord. I mean, there's so many things uh, that need to happen for God to move and for God to take us to the next level like a Jordan in front of us. But God can do something great in us. And a lot of times, I mean, like them, they had to wait and they had to camp in front of the Jordan before they could move on to the promised land. And so waiting is a hard thing to do, right? Waiting because it requires patience. And patience is patient. I mean, it's, it's hard. Can I get a man? Amen. And so patience is really difficult. We want things now. We want things uh, in seconds. And so uh, we have things like Amazon Prime. We have things like Amazon Two Hours where you can just order things and you'll get them in two hours. We have things like um, uh, fast lanes and express lanes and all of that. And, and just recently, actually, I had to buy my son a, a toy because he, he uh, earned an award. And so a reward. And so he didn't know that there is, there is a process before he can get something in the mail. And because he's used to receiving packages and he gets really excited when he gets the packages, he thinks that I just hit the button and then the packages appear like within minutes. And, and so as soon as I hit buy, he went and he opened the door thinking that the Amazon place was going to be there within minutes. And so his toy was going to arrive, but no. And actually... It was a toy that it was not prime, so I still haven't got it. I still haven't gotten it yet, and I ordered it like four or five days ago. And so it, it said that it actually was in back order, and so I don't even know when we're going to get it. And so he was ready to receive it. Like as soon as I hit the button, he went out to see if the Amazon car was driving by, and because it, it comes almost every day, not for us, but for other people. And so he thought it was just going to come. He's like, no, son. It needs to take a while and before it comes. And so, so poor, poor guy. He still hasn't received his toy yet. But, um, yeah, we have to basically wait sometimes for God's promises, right? And it could, be, it could be a daunting process. It could be really difficult for us to wait for God's promises. The people of Israel waited 40 days in the desert because of their stubbornness, because of generational sins, because of unbelief because of doubt and all of these things even the entire generation died in the desert because because of all that and so we need to wait on God we need to have God help us to give us patience to give us faith while we're waiting and so we want God's resources right here right now but there's also sometimes something that takes place while we wait. There's something that happens within us while we wait for our blessings. And so let's take a look at some of the, uh, some of the principles that we can see from this passage that will help us to reach our next 
level to reach our destination. So before God could do something great among us, we have to follow his lead. The people of Israel, they had the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of God. And so I have a picture of, I'm sure you've seen that many times, the picture of the Ark of the Covenant that had to follow in front of the, the group. And so we have to follow his lead. And verse uh, 3 uh, it says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. So by leading, by following his lead, we will know where to go. By following his will, we will know where to go. And so if you can put the, the picture of the Ark of the Covenant. Um, and the Israelites carrying it. So we have the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. We have, um, I like this picture because it shows where the um, Levites, the guy with the horn, uh, following, uh, leading, opening the way. And uh, I mean, he should be actually in the back because the priests were the ones carrying the Ark. But, um, and so we have the priests who were carrying the Ark. And before they could cross Jordan, they had to step into the waters to be able to part the waters, but that's my next point. But <laughs> um, So the Ark of the Covenant was uh, a huge symbol for them. It just represented God, His presence, and just, um, just uh, the, the, the way that, I mean, we've seen it before, it, how it parted the, the Red Sea, and, and also we see it later um, when they used it for bringing down the walls from Jericho. The Ark of the Covenant was in front of the priests and the Levites and the people going around the walls of Jericho and shouting and praising God, and the walls came down, right? And so in both of these situations, we see actually um, the whole congregation, in quotation marks, doing their part. We see the Levites, we see the priests, we see the people of Israel doing their part. So basically, that's the whole church. That's the whole group. We see it in both cases. We see it here when they're crossing the Jordan, and we see it when they're uh, moving around the walls of Jericho. They all did their part. They all worked in unison, in one accord. Otherwise, it wouldn't have worked. And so, so that's, that's a powerful that's a powerful thing to see that the, the whole congregation needs to work together and they all need to be in one accord, in one spirit for God to move, for God to do something great amongst them. And so it's not just the job of the Levites, which are the worship team or the, the priests, the, the pastors and the leaders, but the whole congregation, the whole body of Christ needs to do its part for the for God to move and for, for the glory of God to, to, to be poured out. Um, my next point, uh, before God can do something great among us, we have to move. We have to move. Um, and so the first step of obedience is the most difficult, right? It could be the one that's the hardest for us to do. Imagine, I mean, them, they had to take their first step and, and touch the water. They had to... Touch the water without knowing if it was going to work. They had to move and trust God 
that it was going to work. And so that's what we need to do a lot of times in our lives. And so that's the scariest part because that's where uh, we need to trust God that, that what we're doing is the right thing. And so that's when we need to be prayed up. That's where we need to come together and, and seek God and read his word and see that we're in God's will for our lives, for the church, for our congregation. And so uh, read, uh, let's see, verse um, 14, it says, Yet as soon as the priests who carry the ark, um, they reached the Jordan, and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. As soon as they touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. And it piled up in a heap as a great distance away. And the priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood on firm ground, on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all of Israel passed until the whole nation had completed its crossing on dry ground. I mean, we're not talking about thousands of people. We're talking about a million or two million people right here. And so them, so, I mean, there, there had to be a huge gap. So it's a huge miracle. I mean, like miles away, the water had to stop flowing so they can cross the Jordan. And so it's a huge miracle. Sometimes we don't understand the, 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 how massive this miracle is. Because we think it's a small, a small little river, but no, it's, it's, it was at flood stage. And so that whole plain floods when uh, it's harvest season. And so it just makes it even a greater miracle. And so we have here um, the, the promised land. The green area is the promised land. And so we have here the, the Israelites were there. They're crossing the river and that little dot in the middle between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea on the bottom. And so it was right uh, on the opposite side of uh, Jericho. And so that's basically Israel, the, the whole territory um, in the green area. And so that's the promised land where they were supposed to go. But because of their um, unfaithfulness, their sin, they were in the desert for 40 years right here. Imagine they were so close to the promised land, but they were in the desert uh, here for 40 years because of their sin. And so they had to, like, wander here, and then they had to go across here, and then they were here, and then into the promised land. So it's, can we relate sometimes to that? <laughs> yeah, where we wander and wander and wander, and uh, we're lost, and we're, we're, we're uh, just going through so much because of our stubbornness, because of our, you, you, you can fill, fill in the blanks. <laughs> you can fill in the blanks there. Um, and so... But God wants to show us his glory. God wants to pour out his spirit. God wants to do something great among us. But before God can do something great among us, we have to move. We have to follow his lead. And so God did not stop the waters until they stepped into the water. And so faith moves you forward in God's way, in God's timing. And there will come a moment when you must act on God, on what God has said. If you don't, you will never cross the Jordan. And so this is scary. And so and we will never cross our Jordan unless we take that first step of faith. And so our hearts can be on the right place, but if we don't move our feet to meet those challenges, we will never 
progress in God's work. We must commit ourselves, our time, our energy, our money, our lives uh, to what God is doing or it won't happen. So those are great things that we need to work on in our lives. Uh, number three, before God can do something great among us, we have to consecrate ourselves. This is a big one. This is a huge part of God doing something great among us. Before God can do something great among us, we have to consecrate ourselves. What does that mean? We have to make it a conscious choice to live for God. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. You think this miracle would have happened if the people were in sin? There's no, I mean, that's why they had to be there camping for three days so they could consecrate themselves before they can cross the Jordan to get to the promised land. They had to be holy before the Lord before they could go into the next level that God has for them. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And so God has always called his people to holiness. It's not a new thing, uh, to purity, separation. It's always been that case. And so right now what happens is that we think that we live under grace, and so we can do a lot of things before we get in trouble, right? Uh, back in the days, I mean, they didn't have too much grace. They did a sin, and they were put to death. And so it was, it was harsh. And we're going to see that later, um, what happened when after they had crossed Jordan, one people, one person did something that they were not supposed to, and it basically set the whole nation back just by one, one person. And so they brought sin into the camp, and, and we're going to see what happens. So it's, it's something that as, as a body, as a church, we need to start taking more seriously the, the, the part of consecrating ourselves consecrating ourselves before God can use us, before we can see the, the promised land in our lives, before we can see his miracles, before we can see God move in a mighty way in the congregation, in, in, in us. We need to consecrate ourselves. And so we need to approach God with pure hearts, with clean hands, with um, clean feet, blameless before him. And so right now, I mean, we, we have it, I mean, the way that the, the, the blood of Jesus can cover us and, 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 and set us free from, from condemnation, from sin, we need to come before the Lord and seek Him and ask, Lord, help us, give us um, that conviction in our hearts to be able to live for you. And so when God said, consecrate yourselves, it was His way of saying, only the holy people will be able to occupy the holy land. And so, so we need to consecrate ourselves today so God can do amazing things among us tomorrow. And so the need for holiness, purity, separation comes before the blessing for tomorrow, of tomorrow. It's not the other way around. We often believe that if God will bless us and um, then we'll get our lives right. We need to get our lives right and then He will bless us.
God says that holiness precedes honor. Cleansiness comes before usefulness. Penance or penance before power. The promise that God would work miraculous signs tomorrow was contingent on the people's willingness to consecrate themselves today. So we need to get rid of what's inside of us that's stopping us from reaching our destiny. We need to get rid of our our, our sin in our lives. And, and sin, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be those big sins, uh, but it could be just little things like pride and anger and deceit and all these things that, that, that hinder our relationship with the Lord. And so we need to get rid of those before God can do something miraculous in our lives. Does that make sense? Yes. So in order for us to be able to be an influence in our community, we need to be healthy and victorious ourselves. Our community needs healthy and victorious leaders. Our church needs healthy and victorious pastors. Our city needs healthy and victorious churches. We can't be an influence in our community if the church is not healthy, if the leaders are not healthy, if the pastors are not healthy. So we need to get our act together. And if we've prayed, let's pray again. If we've gone to the altar, let's go to the altar again. If we've gone um, maybe counseling, let's get counseling again. If we've fasted, let's fast again. But let's keep going. Let's keep showing up. Let's keep doing. Let's keep knocking. Let's keep seeking God for the miracle in our lives. And we're going to see Him move in a mighty way. We need to let the enemy know who we are in Christ. We need to let the enemy know that we are more than conquerors. We need to let the enemy know that we are victorious. And that we can do this in Christ Jesus. So we need to do our part before God can do His part. And so before God can do something great among us, we need to follow His lead. We need to move and we need to consecrate ourselves. So that's what I want to leave with you guys this morning. And so we don't want to, to reach or we don't want to stay wandering for 40 years before we can reach our destination or before we can reach the place that God has for us and we want to see God do great things among us we want to see God move in the natural in the supernatural way we want to see signs and wonders we want to see miracles take place we want to see people be set free from addictions from demonic oppression we want to see people come to Christ we want to see God do miracles amongst us we want to see his glory we want to see God pour out His Spirit like never before. And so we need to activate ourselves. We need to activate our gift things that He has given us. And so we can work together as a body. Amen. I know it's a, I hate to be the, the, the harsh uh, person to tell you all this, but I think we're coming to a point that we need a conviction from the Lord. We need the conviction that we need to live sacred before the Lord. And it's not easy. It's super difficult to, to be able to 
to meditate and to pray and to seek God because we're busy. We're busy bodies. We, we're always doing something. We're working. We have children. We have uh, kids. I mean, everything wants to take away from doing the things of the Lord. And so if we don't make it a conscious effort to seek the Lord, if we don't make it a conscious effort to consecrate ourselves, we will never do it. And so we will just be wandering around our desert before we can move forward into the promised land. So this morning, what I want us to do is to, to come forward. I want all of us to come forward. You can spread around. You can just make an uh, altar here in the front. Wear your masks. And we are coming together to seek the Lord as a body. For us to come seeking God for repentance. We need to ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins. So He can prepare a way for us to move forward into the promises that He has for us. We need to seek Him for guidance, for direction. For Him to lead us into our next, into our next promise that He has for us. And so... I encourage us uh, to worship together. If we can get 